the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, so come with me to the book of Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19. We began the series last month. And we're just scratching the surface. I'm not too sure we'll go far with it. We may pause it and get back to it. It's a year of newness. Amen. Amen. And so we will just start bits and pieces of stuff. And then we will move on. Let's read it together. One go. Now consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So this is our year of newness. Somebody says my year of newness. I get better every day. I appreciate every day. I increase in value every day. Every day is a plus. Every day is a blessing. I experience increase. I experience growth. I experience advancement in every area of my life. Shout glory if you believe that. The Bible said this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So you have to learn how to keep the word of God permanently on your lips. Somebody say permanently on your lips. Uh And those declarations we just made are consistent with what God says about you in his word. So we are looking at Entering into new doors. There are many things God is doing for us in this season of newness. And one of the things God is going to be doing and has started doing already is new doors. Somebody say new doors. Second Corinthians 2 verse 12. It said, furthermore, when I came to Troas, a door was opened unto me of the Lord. It's a new month. And in this new month, God will open doors for you. I said, God will open doors for you. Doors of favor shall be opened unto you. Doors of increase shall be opened unto you. Doors of financial flow shall be opened unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus. A door was opened unto me of a law. A door was opened unto me. When God opens door, ours is to enter. Somebody say, mine is to enter. Yeah, when God opens the door, you have to see that God has opened it and you have to enter. But how can you enter unless you have to? deal with the things that have potential to stop you from entering he says when god opens the door our responsibilities to enter somebody say walk into it say walk into it the door is open walk into it there are believers that sometimes doors are open and they stand behind the door and they are praying 
Many Christians are like that. We can pray for an open door. And when the door is open, we don't even know the door is open. People pray for things and when the answer comes, they can't even see it. Because they lack the requisite skill or the ability required to take the steps needed to advance their lives. But in 2021, you will advance your life. In this decade, you will see significant advancement. In the mighty name of Jesus. So we said God has opened the door and we need to know the things that have the potential to stop us from entering the door. And what are some of these things? We started by looking at one of them which we are spending some time on and deliberately so. I could have done the message one time and move on. But this is something that we need to really deal with because it's a common challenge of all humanity. One of the common human experiences is fear. Somebody say fear. Fear is something everybody will be confronted with. You'll never get too big such that fear will not come to tempt you. At whatever stage in your life, you will be confronted with fear. Fear will come to the small. Fear will come to the great. Fear will come to the rich. Fear comes to the poor. Fear confronts everybody that is born on the planet. From the days of Adam until now, anybody who has walked on the planet has been confronted with fear, including Christ himself. The Bible said in those days when he was in his flesh, he prayed with strong cries. In that, he feared. When Jesus came on earth, one of the things he had to deal with was fear. When he was praying again and again in the garden of Gethsemane, Lord, if it be possible, let this car pass over me. What do you think he was dealing with? It was fear. He was afraid of the cross. He came for that purpose, but the fear of the cross overwhelmed him. So the Bible said he prayed with strong cries. What Hebrews refers to is what Matthew and others recall. That he went three times praying, Lord, if it be possible, let this car pass over me. But most of the time, unfortunately, when people are confronted with fear, we tend to think that it's unique to us. You see, every time you begin to see your problem as unique, you also limit your ability to solve it. Common problems will always have common solutions. Are you with me? But when your problem is so unique, you have to have unique solution to it. But in scripture, when you make your problem unique, God does not see it as such. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 13, he said, for there is no temptation, there is no human experience, there is no challenge that is taking you except that which is common to man. Somebody say it's common. What are you dealing with? Whatever you are dealing with is common to man. Other people have succumbed to it. Other people have overcome it. And you have to make a choice. Whether you join the team of overcomers or you join the team of those who have been subdued by the challenge. But I see the spirit of Christ rise up from you. And I see you overcome the things that are threatening you. In the mighty name of Jesus. We said fear can be a door stopper. Fear can prevent you from entering the door God has opened. A great door was opened to every male man in the land of Israel. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 23 to 25. Amazing door. A door that nobody had ever imagined. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion. Somebody say champion. champion. The Philistine of God, Goliath by name, coming out from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard him. Now when David heard it, many people had heard it for almost 30 something days. The man had been standing there for 40 days. The same challenge, 40 days. Speaking the same things, 40 days. And everybody, the Bible said, all men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. The men saw the man and they fled. 
You have seen a mortar. Why are you fleeing from a mortar? All the men, no wonder a boy rose up with God inside him to conquer him. What men could not do, a little boy who was conscious of what was inside him rose up and conquered him. I don't care your abilities. I don't know what your potential is. But there is a greater one in the inside of you. The Bible says, little children, you are of God and you have overcome. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. On the outside, you may not have much. On the outside, you may not have a lot of money. On the outside, you may not have a lot of strategic relationship. On the outside, your scholarship may not be great. But on the inside, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I see you rise up to do great exploits for God. 2021, you do great exploits. 2021 you do amazing things shout i believe it amazing opportunity open unto all but fear stop all of them what was the content of this opportunity so the men of israel said have you seen this man who has come up surely he has come up to defy israel and it shall be that the man who kills him the king will enrich with great riches. That is the opportunity. Great riches. That was the open door. Great riches. 2021, any great door for great riches, you shall not be stopped. Amen. I said you shall not be stopped. Amen. Some of you, opportunities for investment will come your way. May the fear of a failed investment in the time past not stop you from taking that advantage. Amen. Some of you, you will enter into strategic relationships. May someone who disappointed you some time back not stop you from embracing this new person. Shout, I believe it. Great riches. 2021, great riches are coming your way. 2021, great riches will come to you. Divine ideas will come to you to create wealth in an amazing way. Now, it's not going to take so long because God is going to do a quick work in righteousness and he will cut it short in righteousness. That is how God is going to set you up. All of a sudden, you slept one night broke. You you wake up the next day a rich person. 24 hours, God will change your destiny. Listen, God does not need 100 years to change your destiny. God does not need 120 years to fix it one day in your life. Joseph was a slave. He was not celebrated. But under 24 hours, he moved from the prison into the palace. All of a sudden, people who knew him before were surprised at him. I came to announce to you tonight, all of a sudden, people who knew you before were surprised at you. They will hear your testimony and they will be asking, how did it happen? And you will tell them, this is the doing of a Lord and it's marvelous in your eyes. Somebody shout, I believe it. Humbly take your seat. The Bible says, great riches, give his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes. For those of you who are not married, get ready. God is set for you this year. A man will come suddenly and you will marry suddenly. May fear not stop you. Don't stop your destiny when God is moving forward. I have realized that for most Christians... They are their own destiny stoppers. And Satan stops you. He can't stop you from praying. But he can stop you from beholding the answer when the answer comes. They prayed. Peter was arrested. They prayed earnestly. When the answer came, fear. Because of fear, they could not see it. They said, that cannot be Peter. May you not be fighting with God over your answer. It's a very sad thing. Your answer has come. But you can't see it. Some of you, your answer came, but you can't see it. You looked at the man and said, this man is too short. That was your answer. That was your answer. 
The man came and said, this guy, he doesn't have much cash. He's not liquid. I want somebody who is liquid. Somebody say liquid. And you scattered your answer. But the mercy of God will restore you again. Another opportunity will come your way again. Now, this is why it's so critical that we deal with fear. Because without it, without uprooting fear from our lives, we cannot enter the doors God is setting for us. They were all afraid and greatly afraid, but David rose up. He said, I'm going to deal with him and I'm going to bring him down. And he had to deal with that because he had to master fear. This is fear part three. And we are looking at eight fears you must overcome to enter into new doors. Somebody say eight fears. Now, eight in scripture is a number of new beginning. And so by the time you master these fears, you'll be beginning afresh. You'll be beginning afresh. You will have a better beginning from tonight. After this service, your beginning will be great and awesome. In the mighty name of Jesus. Psalm 34 verse 4. Psalm 34 verse 4. I saw the Lord. Somebody say, I saw the Lord. Let's read it together. One go. I I did what? And he did what? And delivered me from all some of my a few of my what did he deliver you from? All my fears. You will be delivered from every fear. By the time this series is over, no element of fear will hang around you. You will master fear completely. Fear will be a thing of the past in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. So he says, all my fears. Second Corinthians 7 verse 5. All my fears. That is very significant. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. But we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflict. Inside were what? Fears. Somebody say fears. Fears. When fear surrounds your life. Last week we looked at the harmful effect of fear. It can make you sick when physiologically everything is perfect with you. You get heart palpitation when there is no trace of heart problems in your family. You have sleepless nights when fear overwhelms your life. Symptoms of sickness that are never present in your body. You do MRI, you do all the others, they will tell you nothing is there. And still you are in bondage. Why? Because fear keeps people in bondage. But you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Somebody say, I have a father. And I master fear. So, deliver from all your fears. What are some of the critical fears you must master? The first one is the fear of failure. Somebody say the fear of failure. The fear of failure. This is what Micah says. 7, 8. It says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, when I fall. Somebody say when I fall. I like it when he say when I fall. He didn't say if I fall. When I fall. In God's scheme of things, provision is made for your fall. That's why God is a good God. I love God and I am ever thankful to God because he has made adequate and abundant provision even for our fall. Look, he so went ahead of us to make a preparation that even before he created us, Jesus was slain before we were created because he knew in advance that you are man, you will fall. That's why when you fall, you should not be hard on yourself. That's how when you fall, you should not contemplate suicide. That's why when you fall, you should not withdraw from church. You should not withdraw from fellowship. 
Am I complicating somebody tonight? It's so important. Many people, when they fail or they fall, they think it's over. God failed as it were, but it wasn't over with him. Praise God. And God's second plan was a master plan. Praise God. It made nonsense of his first plan. They, they said the first Adam was made of a living soul, but the last Adam was made of a quickening spirit. That's how powerful the second was. He taken away the first that he may establish the second. Look at Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is even beautiful. Start from verse 23. It helps you to get a context. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Somebody say, my steps are ordered. I go to the right places. I meet the right people. I I make the right connections. I I hear the right things. My life advances. advances. If you must advance, that's it. You have to be at the right place at the right time. David was just at the right place at the right time. That's why he heard what he heard. 2021, you hear the things you need to hear. You will be at the places you need to be. David was set. He was at the backside of desert, minding the sheep and taking care of the father. Said, send food now and do so now. And he left. When he came, that was the exact time. The man had come. He had been coming and going, but when David appeared there, he was standing there. His opportunity for prosperity had come. His opportunity for greatness had come. In 2021, it's my prayer, and particularly in this month of March, may God order your steps. May God lead you by his spirit to the right places and to the right people. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will hear the right places to apply. The place where they are ready to hire you the place where they are looking for somebody with your skill and expertise in the mighty name of jesus he said the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord and he delighted in his way i mean reading that you would have uh, thought that well if god delights my way that's it everything is smooth sailing everything is going to work perfectly but though he falls though he falls a man whom god takes delight in Sometimes when we go through challenges as believers, we think that God has abandoned us. That's why you need to understand the love of God very well. Apostle Bonnie, he said, what shall separate me from the love of God? Shall persecution, peril, principalities, powers, shall anything be able to separate me from that? He understood it. That what he goes through was not what was going to determine the final outcome of his life. And you must come to a place where you are convinced beyond every shadow of doubt that your experiences don't define who you are. The experiences you go through, they don't define who you are. They refine who you are. The Bible says, for though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. I see you renewed tonight. Amen. Failure is one of the commonest human experiences. And yet, failure is one of the human experiences that is poorly handled by many. It's a common human experience and yet poorly handled by too many people. And from tonight, you handle and your view of failure will change. Somebody say a better amen. amen. You have to understand all the time that God is never surprised at your failure. Somebody say God is never surprised. Human beings get surprised when we fail. Human beings, they don't want to forgive us when we fail. But you see, when it comes to God, he's not surprised at your failure because in his master plan, somebody say master plan. Oh, master plan. That word rings something. Master plan. Master plan. When you are building, 
The people who are on the site, they always work with some aspect of the plan. But the architect has a master plan before him. And so when something goes wrong, the architect knows how he can fix it. And God is your supernatural architect. He has your master plan. Your blueprint is before him. And in it, all your mistakes have been taken care of. Am I communicating here? So your mistakes don't surprise God. Your failures don't surprise God. And that is why you should not be surprised at your own mistakes. Learn from them, rise from them, and don't be limited by them. What God has a difficulty with is when you accept that failure is your final destination. Are you with me? No matter how many times you fall, rise up. Somebody say, rise up. up. Somebody say, arise. Every time I fall. Yeah, rise up. Yeah, he is able to make you stand. But when you fall, you should rise. The same God who is able to make you stand is able to make you rise when you fall. So don't be hard on yourself. Hard on yourself. Something you did a year ago, two months ago, last week, it is still, Satan is using it against you. You wake up, you can't pray because you did something and Satan keeps on reminding you because you don't know your father's nature. He said, I will blot away your transgressions as far as there is from the west and I'll remember your sins no more. Rise up. Somebody say, rise up. Rise up. Something failed in your hands. Don't bring your life to failure. You started a project. It didn't work. It doesn't make you a failure. You invested in some business and then it didn't turn out right. That should not be your end to investment. The greatest investment that yields the greatest returns always comes with the greatest risk. Some of them do well, others fail. And the, the, you see, the people who get the benefit of investment, they are those who are not afraid to have some investment fee. Because they keep on investing. But you, you tried one. Men's God took your money away. And you have said, hey, for, forever and ever. I won't put my money anywhere again. So you look for some ground, you bury it inside. Praise God. And if you can't find the ground, you bury it in your stomach. You are burying your future. Some of the things may work. Others may not work. Listen, I am one person who is not afraid to close anything that is not working. The Holy Ghost inspires me to start new things. But if it is not working, those of you who have been in jail for a long time, you see, many things have started and I told, we have stopped. We've not gone back to them. Some of them, I didn't tell you, but we just stopped them. Don't be afraid to stop things if you have to stop them. Sometimes the Holy Ghost can instruct you to do it. Other times, you just have to sit down and use common sense. The spiritual, you don't even operate common sense, the spiritual sense you have. It's not everything the Holy Ghost must come and tell you, stop this. Yeah, it's not everything. There are things you sit down, you look at it, you calculate, you evaluate, and you see your heart, check your heart, you have lost your peace about it. It's not worth keeping on. Oh, how, what will people think? They will say, ah, uh, this is my third relationship and it didn't work. What will people say? They will think that I'm some way. Let them think you are some way. It's not about them, it's about you. It's about your future. Because one of the fears that we'll be dealing with, that has to do with the fear of men. And we'll deal with that. When we come there, we'll deal with that. A lot of people don't live the lives God has ordained for us to live. We live the lives people are expecting us to live. That's the worst life you can live. That's the worst life you can live. The worst life you can live is to live your life the way men expect you to live your life. You have to live your life to please God. You have to live your life in order to have fulfillment in this your life. Apostle Paul said, I've fought the good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. By the time the man was dying, 
Pastor James, he died a fulfilled man. Died a fulfilled man. A lot of people die unfulfilled lives. And I dare say, in Africa, it is number one. Because Africans don't understand purpose well. The average African chases money. So where money is, that's where they go. Anywhere there's money. Guinea, there's money. Ebola is there, but they will still go there. (laughs) Afghanistan, there's money. There's water, they will still go there. That's all. Listen, when your life is driven by money, you can't fulfill purpose. But when you fulfill purpose, money answers to you. This year, money will answer to you. I said money will answer to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. So go after purpose, not money. Number two is the fear of mockery. Somebody say the fear of mockery. I do hope that I get to finish this because I really mean to finish it. The fear of the fear of what? Mockery. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10. To be mocked is to be despised. To be mocked is to be undermined. To be mocked is to be vilified sometimes. Look at it for who have despised the day of small things? Who has? Somebody say who has? Who has despised the day for they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole land. I like that. Those seven, the eyes of the Lord. Listen, great destinies are always mocked because great destinies never look great at the beginning. Great destinies. Somebody say great destinies. Are always mocked. Or they will always, great destinies will always be mocked because great destinies don't look great from the beginning. Great marriages, they may not start great. They may start on a very bad footing. All manner of wahala. And yet, God has a great destiny for that marriage. Great business may start. God had a great project. What was the project? To save humanity. You know where he started it? From a manger. That's where God started his project. He wants to save the whole of humanity. This is a global project, man. Everywhere in the world. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no name under heaven given man by which man shall be saved. So, this is God's project. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Global in nature. Great in magnitude. And yet, God could not get any great start. He started it from a manger. What has God put in your heart? And where are you expecting to start? A lot of us never live our dreams because we are always looking outside there. You don't have the courage to step out. You are afraid people will mock you. Let them mock. You see, mockers are non-achievers. Anybody who has achieved something significant with his life always appreciates anything anybody is doing. But when people have not achieved anything, they can easily laugh. And this is a generation of mockers. In the Bible, the Bible says, in the last days, mockers shall abound. Jude 1.18, mockers. They are everywhere. So you have to be careful you are not a mocker. Or you are not closely associating with mockers. In the book of Psalm 1 verse 1, the New International Version, he said, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take a seat in the company of what? Mockers. Who is your friend? Are they mockers? Do they look at people and they just scorn at them? Mockers. Mockers. Until you learn to deal with mockery the way Jesus dealt with it, you will never fulfill your destiny. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing that we also are compassed, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside. Somebody say, Lay aside. 
every sin in the world we dwell so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race set before us looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy somebody say the joy say the joy the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising somebody say despising you have to learn how to despise things you are walking despise it you are living in a single room despise it People are looking at you and say, you at your age and at your level with your qualification, you should be staying at a certain place. Listen, it's not a qualification they stay at a place. It's purpose that defines where you are at a particular point in time. When Joseph was in prison, that was not his level. Because he was a man who was earmarked to interpret, uh, interpret global dreams. And yet, purpose located him in Potiphar's house. It was a transition. Purpose brought him to the pit. And yet, purpose elevated him. When you go ahead of your purpose prematurely, you will end up causing great havoc and challenges yourself. If you live at a place before you are ready, the rent bill alone will kill you. You buy a car that you, you, at the end, you don't drive the car, the car drives you. It drives your finances. Anytime money enters your hand, it drives you to the fuel station. You are not driving the car. And you are, you are just fitting an agenda. People see that you are successful. Oh, we have three cars, we have four cars. Listen, it doesn't mean anything. Praise God. Learn to live your life beyond things. Am I communicating here? The Bible said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. There are times people mock you, but they don't know what you are doing. You are building your house. People say, ah, don't mind them. Let them eat their Chinese. You are building your house. Am I communicating here? Understand that people will mock you. All the guys, you couldn't get anyone except this guy. Yeah, it's because you are looking after the flesh. And if you are spiritual, the Bible says, henceforth, no, we know man after the flesh. Praise God. There are people, you are looking at them in the flesh today. And they don't look good. They don't look great. But the future is glorious. And I see God help you to get to that place. All great men have always been mocked all through scripture. When Joseph said, I dreamt, and all of you were buying, they saw him from afar and said, Behold, the dreamer cometh. And they said it, they said it mockingly. David, they said, With whom have you left those few sheep? You say you are a pastor, God called you. How many people are in your church? Praise God. How come? How many people are in your church? Then they'll be telling you when they were at your level, they had this number of people. Then you feel like you are not going anywhere with your life. Listen. That's what the Bible said. They comparing themselves by themselves and measuring themselves by themselves are not wise. Even twins don't have the same destiny. So stop comparing your life with some other person's life. Nehemiah was building. They said the wall you are using cement blocks to build. When forces even work on it, it will break. That was a mockery to the highest. When forces work on it, it will break. Which kind of car is this? This car... <laughs> So you couldn't get any car. As for me, this car there, to drive this car, I will walk. Walk. <laughs> Praise God. Walk. It's better you ride bicycle today and tomorrow you drive than to drive Mercedes today and be walking when you are old. Am I communicating? The Bible said it is good that a man should bear his yoke in his youth. This is the best time to be able to take up some things 
And you have to learn to be able to overcome it because people will always have something to say, something mockery to say about your life. Jesus, the, even on the cross, they say, save yourself. You say you are the savior. Jesus. <laughs> Some of us can't stand it. But today, receive grace to overcome mockery. The fear of mockery will not stop you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Once the Holy Ghost gives you peace about him, go ahead with him. What would my friend say about this guy? The brother of Christ said that you. Now what do you know? You know, our family is, uh, listen, his family is not good. Who said we must all come from good family? His own is not good. Your own is good. Join it together. I'm not communicating here. Yeah. The fear of mockery. Number three, the fear of being cheated or taken advantage of. You know, <laughs> how many of you have been cheated before? Have you been cheated before? Oh, lift up your hand if you've been cheated before. You've been taken advantage of before. Was it nice? (laughs) It's a very bad experience. Yeah. That's one of the fears people have. There are people who will not allow certain things that may help them this time because they have been cheated before. Listen, in life, as you grow through life, you realize that at a certain phase in your life, some people will take advantage of you. It's part of life. Understand it and move on. It's part of life. Some people will take advantage. There are people who are already stronger than you. So they can take advantage of you. But learn through the process. Look at this. Matthew chapter 25. One man was given a talent to work with. He said, then when he received one talent, came and said, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have sown and gathering where you have. In other words, you are a wicked man. You will take advantage of me. I know. If I put in my energy, if I put in my strength, if I put in my skill, I know nothing good will come out of this. I know. It's the same way I work for that man. I did everything for him. I was all out for him. There are people who even come to church and because they have been taken advantage in some other church before, they come and though they are skilled and they can advance the church, they close, they fold their hands and they watch. Because they fear to be taken advantage of. So they fold their hands and they sit on the blessing kingdom service delivers into their lives. Say, I know you. Gathering where you have not scattered seed. So, what did I do? Look at this. Ay, ay, ay. So I was afraid. Everything he said here was fooled by fear. I was afraid. And went and hid your talent in your hand. What the talent is, he gave it to him so it was no longer his. He had given it to him. That's how fear blinds you to reality. There was something he was supposed to learn through the process. He couldn't learn it because he was afraid. I'm sure somebody had taken advantage of him before. He had been cheated before. He said, not again. Ah, once beaten, twice shot. You see, there are some sayings we say, but they are not biblical. The Bible says, when they say go one ma, go with them two ma. That's the Bible. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. In other words, the more people take advantage of you, the more you should go all out to love them and be a blessing to them. And as you do so, now imagine that Joseph had decided I'm never going to interpret anybody's dream again. Because I've been cheated. Imagine where you have been today. He won't be the Joseph we read about. He will not have been a true reflection of the Christ image we see in him. No. You've been cheated before. Yes, who has not been cheated before? 
You've been taking advantage before. Stop talking and be mourning yourself. Everywhere you go, and when I went there, and they did it, and I and did it, and listen, you actually make yourself a nuisance. You make it. Nobody wants somebody like that around him. Am I communicating at all tonight? Understand this. There are things that people should not know about you. It, sometimes it's better they discover it. And when they discover it, and they see all the things you've been through, and yet, the way you are carrying yourself, they say, wow. That alone can set you up for promotion. So it's not everything that you open your mouth, then every time. So there are people, you meet them in two minutes, and you know everything about them. Those are people who are not going anywhere. Everything about them. The challenge, the relationship, the boyfriend, the second one, the third one, the, how they broke their heart and what they did and how they struggled to overcome it and listen. <laughs> and most of the time, they tell such stories to people who cannot even help them. People who are only hearing them to go and tell. I'm afraid. You take advantage of them. Listen, let me tell you. If you're a child of God, eh, nobody can permanently take advantage of you. Somebody say nobody. No, 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 no. God controls the universe. Laban thought he was taking advantage of Jacob. One idea, everything. Let, let me show you a scripture. Genesis 30 Genesis 30:43. See this. See this. See this. Listen. Everything I've ever been engaged in, I have engaged it wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. I don't know how to do things half and half. No. I give my all to it. If it succeeds, fine. If it doesn't succeed, I move on. Am I communicating? I will not comment because of what happened. No, no, no. Thus, the man became exceedingly prosperous. Her large flocks, female and male servants, and camels and donkeys. Who is the Bible describing? Jacob. Jacob became exceedingly prosperous. You know how? Not through Laban's salary. Your boss is taking advantage of you. What he's supposed to give you, he's not giving you. And you are complaining and talking all over the place. Meanwhile, you are still with him. Listen, if you are not happy working in a place, just leave the place. It's a bad spirit to keep on working in a place, drawing salary from a place, and be talking ill of the place. If you are in a church, and you feel that the church is not a blessing to you, find another church and go. Don't stay there and undermine the leadership of a church. Am I communicating it? It's a bad spirit. It's a bad spirit. The man became prosperous. How? Genesis chapter 31, verse 7 to 9. Yet your father has deceived me. Genesis 31, verse 7 to 9. Your father has deceived me and changed my wages 10 times. But God did not allow him to hurt me. Listen, no matter what the person thinks, sometimes some people are very diabolical and they are deliberate that they are taking advantage of you. But no matter how far they go, God will not allow them. Somebody say, God will not allow them. Oh, it is beautiful. God will not allow them. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he says, for no temptation is taking you except that which is common to man. For God is faithful. Who will not allow? Somebody say, allow. God will not allow them. There is always a limit. Somebody say, there's a limit. Say, there is a limit. Sound there is a limit. There's always a limit. They can go so far, but not any further. There's always a limit. But most of the time, we are not ready to trust God in the process. We rush ahead of God. We try to defend ourselves. We try to do cut corners and all of that. And we, let, we end up elongating our journey. That shall not be your testimony. 
I said that shall not be your testimony. And number four is the fear of disappointment. Ever been disappointed before? Ever been disappointed before? Fear of disappointment. When you are disappointed, you are likely to do one of two things. Take strong measures to make sure you are never disappointed again. But let me tell you, in life, the longer you live, the more disappointment you experience. Praise God. Yeah, the longer you live. There are things that are part of life. And you have to get used to them. Someone say, get used to them. Tell you, they say, get used to them. Yeah, get used to them. They are part of life. They are part and parcel of life. Get used to them. Because for you as a child of God, your destiny is not like the destiny of the unsaved. For one who is not saved, disappointments are terminal. But the one who is saved, disappointment are set ups for elevation. I said disappointment are what? Set ups for elevation. Disappointment are set up. Look at what the Bible says. You see, the reason why when you are dealing with men, you should not be surprised when you are disappointed. I, I met people, sometimes business people, sometimes pastors who are so disappointed in people. Wounded. Hurt. Not ready to let go. Oh, <laughs> it's a very sad thing. Serious thing. And they tell you, they rehearse and they tell you the story as if the thing happened yesterday. As if the wound is fresh and this is something that happened almost a year ago. So wounded. When I see people like that, I'm really surprised at them because they are babies. They are what? Babies. No, no babies. Babies. Look at what the Bible says. Psalm 146 verse 3 to 4. Put not your trust in princes. Did you see that? In mortal man. In whom there is no, in whom there is no, in whom there is no, and I like the fact that he said salvation. There are things human beings don't have, and you must understand it. There are things no human being can give you. You must understand. He said, when his spirit leaves him, oh, he returns to the dust. In that very day, his thoughts and plans perish with him. Sometimes people disappoint us, and we want to hold it against them. Sometimes it's really not deliberate. They really wish they would help, but they simply couldn't. They didn't have the capacity. There are times where others also deliberately uh, disappoint. That one is left to them. But there are times where God causes people to forget you so that they will remember you at the most important time. Am I complicating somebody at all? That is what happened in Joseph's case. He said, Butler, I have helped you when you get the help me. And listen, don't live your life like that. As a child of God, don't do butter treat. I have helped you, you must help me. I attended your wedding, you must attend my wedding. Where is the love of God? Where is the love of God? It doesn't mean that when people are kind to you, be unkind to them. But listen, don't make people feel obligated. Because I gave you this, you are obligated to do this. No, 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 no. Some of us sometimes we come to God, we take that mindset, and our relationship would come that transactional. Transaction. I gave God this, God must give me this. No. He's giving you too much. If He never gave you anything again, you should still be giving. Am I communicating here? God has given you too much that if He never gave you anything again, that should not stop you from giving. Human beings, the man forgot Joseph for two whole years because Pharaoh was here to dream. Everybody in Egypt had dreamt. But none of them was significant enough to bring Joseph the elevation God had planned for him. 
Pharaoh needed to dream. And for Pharaoh to dream, it took two years. And within that two years, God just made the memory of the butler blank. Do you remember anything about Joseph? Everything looked like everything. Joseph was in the vanquishing. But you know Joseph, he had a different spirit. The most excited prisoner was Joseph. There was no dull day in his life. When he came to the prison, Bible said he saw their faces were sad. When your face is sad, you can't identify other sad faces. It takes a joyful face to see that somebody is sad. Am I communicating here? Joseph was in prison but excited. Praise God. Because his spirit was not in prison. Most of us, we are not in prison. But our spirit has been in prison. 25, you are looking like a sister something. Because sorrowful spirit is what you are carrying about. I'm a woman with a sorrowful spirit. They brag, they tell you all the things that is causing you to walk in sorrow. The Bible said, a merry heart do a good like medicine. Joy is medicine. Is what? Medicine. 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 The more you walk in joy, the more you walk in health. If you want to live a healthy life, be joyful. Be what? Be joyful. You are in the kingdom of joy. So don't allow anybody around you. Nobody determines my day. I take charge of my day. No, 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 no. Things will happen. The Bible says sufficient unto the day are the evils thereof. So there are things that will come in the day. But I choose to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. That's what happened. Disappointment. Joseph felt disappointed. But later on, when God came through, I'm sure he was thanking God. Lord, thank you. If this guy had remembered me, I don't know. But thank God the proper time came. Don't hold it against people who have disappointed. You see, most of the time, the reason why people who are disappointed, they continue a cycle of disappointment is because their attitude that God wants to correct has not been corrected. Yeah. People disappointed you because you are looking to people instead of looking to God. Are you with me? And God will fight you down, will wrestle you down until your faith is in no other person but in him alone. Yeah. He, he, so he would, he, that's one thing God will not allow. He will not allow it. Cursed be the man that put out his trust in man. But blessed be the man whose hope is in the Lord. He's God. He will wrestle you to the ground. The reason why they promise you they fail you is because once they promise you, you stop praying. Their word is more sure word of prophecy than the scriptures. But the last time I checked, only the promises of God are here and amen. Every other man's word can fail because the life they have, they don't control it. It's God who gives it to them. So it's good. When people give you a promise, believe me, one of the things I have learned to do in ministry, as long as this church has existed, is that when you give me a promise to do anything, I will reduce my call to you. If I used to call you often, I will reduce my call to you. The moment you give me a promise, because you see, every time I give you the call, it is coming more like a reminder. And I don't want to do that. Because that thing you have promised to do for me, I believe that God can use somebody else to do it. And that person may do it even faster than you. So, thank God. God put it in your heart to promise me. And I'm hopeful he will give it to you to bring me. But it doesn't mean that it can only come from you. I remember many years ago when I started, a man walked into church. He said, he's going to give us keyboard. He's going to do us this. And I think it will come next year. <laughs> Jesus experienced disappointment. When he rose from the dead, he said, this night, all of you disappoint me. He told his disciples, Peter said, for where? Me? If everybody is going, are they here? Jesus, don't talk like that. You have been telling you. I'm older than you. 
because you are following in ministry, sometimes you just listen. I'm telling you, you can have my word for it. I mean, when I speak, it's final. I said, I'm going to die with you. That's what I'm She says, shut up. Before the cock crawled three times, you have already gone. Peter said, if I should die, we are dying together. A little girl pointed the finger. said, I don't know him. I don't know him. Peter, that is your Messiah. Your Messiah suffered that. The Bible said, <laughs> he left an example for us that we should follow in the steps. But you, when you get disappointed, even after the issue is resolved, when you see the person cry, you, there are people who have become bitter against the people who are with them because of somebody who disappointed them and is no longer with them. A lady can be disappointed in a guy who meet a new guy and she has carried the painful experience of the old and brought it to this guy. Who bring fight up. And the guy simply don't understand. I mean, who the man cry? Every little thing. He's, so, he's become so touchy. And you are wondering, hey, no, 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 madam. It's not what you said. It is what has happened in the past which has not been conquered. That's, that's what is happening. So the, the things you are experiencing is not you. It's somebody who has uh, created that problem. But the Lord will help us. Amen. Number five, the fear of problems. Somebody say problems. The fear of problems. 2021, you won't fear problems. I said you will not fear problems. And I'm sure in the Excel service, I'll be teaching about proper views, how to look at problems. Because you see, in problems is prosperity. In problems is opportunity. In problems is progress. In problems is advancement. Problems! Giant Goliath was standing there. But in Goliath, the giant was great riches. In giant Goliath was an opportunity to marry the king's daughter. In giant Goliath was exemption from taxes. All were in that man called Goliath. Who is your Goliath you are running away from? Which Goliath are you running away from? You are praying to God. God has brought Goliath as your answer. You are running away. You are running away. Lord, this is not what I asked. Well, God said, that's it. That's it. In him is your breakthrough. In him. Oh, when David saw him, he said, listen, I don't fear problems. Oh. The other day, I was at the backside. The lion came. I didn't run. You won't run from problems from today. Those of us who are running, small problem. You just married. Small problem. I'm, I'm not marrying again. Hey, they don't do it like that. Cool down. Cool down. <laughs> they don't tell you they don't do it like that. The marriage had a difficulty and divorce. He said, I will not marry again. Hey, don't be making hasty decisions when you are disappointed. I have regretted entering into this marriage. Where have you gone? What have you seen that is leading to this permanent regret? You see, you are speaking at a level that you are not supposed to be speaking. See, sometimes eh, when people have problems, what actually compounds their problems are their words. The negative words they speak forget about the problem. The words they speak, they compound and complicate the problems by their words. By their words. The Bible said, by your words you are justified, by your words you are condemned. Thou art ensnared by the words of your mouth. You see, your problem is not the problem. What you are saying, one, your mindset about the problem and your words about the problem are the real problems. What is your mindset about the problem? 
David saw him, Goliath, as one of the things that could be conquered. And he says, I'm going. I, I'm not coming to fight you, Goliath. One, I'm coming to beat you. And I will cut off your head. And I will give your body. I mean, look at the image he created. So, Goliath was no longer. Others saw him. They said, hey, this guy is too big for us to confront. David said, this guy is too big. Anywhere I sling my this it will find some place to hit. What's your view of the problem? Do you see it as unique to you? Do you see it as something that has never existed before? Do you see it as unsolvable? And if you are a child of God, you have what it takes to deal with problem. problems. Problems. This life is full of problems. Too. And the people who make money, make progress, advance, succeed in life, they are the people who solve problems. That's why you are hired to solve problems, not to make problems. If you want to be promoted on your job, be a problem solver. Be what? Be a problem solver. Find a problem and solve. That is the cheapest way to enter into abundance, wealth, and success. Find a problem and solve it. Lawyers solve legal problems. Doctors solve physiological and health problems. Carpenters, they solve carpentry problems. And every problem you solve, the value of the problem is your value. The brain surgeon, they pay him at a certain level. Because brain, if you make mistake, <laughs> something goes wrong. <laughs> so the value of the problem, and to solve problems at a certain scale, or at a certain scale, you need to appreciate your value, your skill. I guess we'll end here, but let me just end. I, I'm not done, but let me just uh, end with the fear of man. Maybe next week I can just recapitulate before we move on. The fear of man. Somebody say the fear of man. Hey, this thing overcome it all. Proverbs 29 verse 25. Proverbs 29 25. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. Look at it. The fear of man bring it what? A snare. The fear of man. The fear of man. The fear of man. All of us deal with it. When there's a challenge, the fear of man. What will my friends think? What will my family say? What will my classmates think? The fear of man. The fear of man. The fear of man. What would the people say? What would they think? The fear of man. Many people would rather obey men rather than obey God. Because they fear men. The Bible said the fear of man will bring us. You know a snare? A snare is a trap. Somebody say a trap. A trap. A lot of people are living entrapped lives because they live their lives in fear. From tonight, you won't be a slave to fear. Fear is your servant. You live a life of faith. Fear is under your feet. Afroqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afroqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. 
Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 o